The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Events Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to do a deep dive into a somewhat overlooked art of making connections in person, event marketing. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about the technology and strategies behind maximizing the impact of your marketing events as an event creator and attendee. With us today is Brent Turner, who is the SVP of Strategy and Technology at Kramer, which is an agency that delivers experience design, live production, audience management, and strategic event marketing service for global brands. Here's the first installment of Event Marketing Week, where Brent and I discuss the trends and growth of the experiential and event marketing industries. Brent, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. It's great to have you here. It's always good to talk to an old buddy. I want to tell everybody on that's a listener to the podcast that I first fell in love with Brent when he fell through a wicker chair at my cousin's house in San Francisco. I always knew that you were bound for greatness the second that that happened. We are actually friends in person. Or greatness or a diet, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to reconnect with you and we'll try to keep the inside jokes to a minimum. But for the people that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background and about what Kramer does. Kramer is a brand experience agency and the term du jour for a broader field of marketing, which is focused on that event and experiential space. Where Based here out of Boston, there's about 150 of us. And as I lovingly refer to us as a Noah's Ark of Awesome, where the fun thing of Kramer is uh, we go in to end with our clients, but in a way that is both production. So I'm standing here in an audio recording booth surrounded by sound engineers and edit suites. We have sound stages all the way to the more wonky side that I'm part of on the strategy piece. So the doing, the making, the thinking, the talking in the space of event and experiential. And then how I got here is as simple as following the hot thing in technology. I started back in the 90s when if you could spell HTML, you were a technologist and I could spell HTML well enough to make a .com and sort of rode that as it went through crazy flash microsites, social media, viral videos when every client wanted to call you and have one of those into the state we are, a stint in the broader MarTech stack as well, but following it today into the next generation of technologies, which we'll be talking a lot more about. 
So you started off in the agency space. You learned a lot about a wide variety of marketing channels focused on strategy. And then you went to MIT as well. Tell me just for my own curiosity, what were you doing at MIT and how did you make the leap from that experience into the event space? MIT, I love the role there. And still a lot of that team is there. So if any of them tune in, hi guys. It was a two-part role. One was under the office of the president where it was working on and working with a team on things like MIT.edu. How do we express ourselves to the world? How do we tell our stories? At the time, there's funny inside stories about how we even acquired the at MIT handle on Twitter. So it was blocking and tackling, helping the institute stay at the level that they should be at for a place where basically the internet was first created and came out of. Part of the role was just how do you do beautiful, digital-oriented properties, social storytelling, et cetera. The other part of my job and a majority of my focus there was in a media company called MIT Technology Review. And that was a classic media company mix. So we had a beautiful print magazine, a global website with extensions all around the world, and then this underpinning community that also is tied to an event series in their own right. And that event series with MIT, other than having done in my ad agency days, we did, especially in the early days of like live social, some broadcasts and streaming events and display ads and all of that. So I had touched events a little bit, but then there was this events world that I was tangentially a part of even in the MIT space. And it caught my eye. The Kramer world came up at a time and I wasn't really like, ooh, do I want to go back to agencies? But what was interesting to that intro I was giving you a moment ago is where technology was going. And Kramer at the time was looking at making some big changes, investments of focus on this events and experiential space. They had been an agency that had a bit of a broader focus and lasering it in on events and experiential. So sort of looking at IoT and AR and VR, and this was five years ago when those things were just about to come to market. And knowing that I started to develop this human passion for the event space as I got more acquired to it, the human level of people in real life connecting versus the world I grew up on, which was communities on digital, there was a nice juxtaposition of both technology and people, one space, and I learned I had a passion for it and ended up here at Kramer, which I have been having a blast over the last five years, learning my way through this area. So I'm going to position this next question as coming from somebody who's a podcast host who sits in front of a microphone and talks to people that are not in the same room. Event marketing, getting people in the same room. What's the point? There's a few heady ways you can go. So let's say event marketing, put it on a two-part scale, right? On one end of the scale, you have your customers, prospects, external audiences. On the other end of the scale, you have your internal audiences. So if we think of event marketing, the word marketing in many ways gets you thinking about the external. There's also a big business, a big chunk of our business is on the internal. And the commonality between both is as simple as it is human. We live in a day of screens and ads and social media and connectivity. If you're in the workforce, you're at a mid-sized to large company or maybe even totally remote company, you're connecting people, even the person next to you in a digital format. So what events are in many ways, in the most esoteric of ways, what events are really becoming are the campfires, the water coolers, the community builders, that society in many ways in our working society, our working culture today in many ways needs to build cultures and companies, to build communities of customers, et cetera. So there's a lot of business reasons, a lot of brand building reasons, a lot of revenue driving reasons. But the piece that is 
the most emotional and the most human about why you would do something face-to-face is how we evolved sitting around campfires, telling stories, and connecting as an identity, as a tribe, and as a people. As much as I joke around about, you know, hey, I'm a podcast host, what's the point of getting people in the same room? I'm really kidding. And it's one of the things that as we expand the MarTech podcast community, our goal is to move beyond just being a voice in the MarTech community's ear to actually being able to connect people in real life and develop more personal connections. And and honestly, a lot of that has to do with what our event marketing strategy is going to be as we expand our company. When I think about events, the first thing that comes to mind is the CESs of the world, the mega conference where you're getting thousands of people and huge capital expenditures and trying to get everybody related to an industry in one room at a time. You've also mentioned that there are some more experiential things that are happening. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Talk to me about how events are different than the mega conference that we all know and love, the big boondoggle in Las Vegas. And how do you think about them in terms of large to small events? What are the values and purposes of those? Across the board from small, across the board, you have things like VIP events, roadshows, tours, all the way to the other end, right? You have the CESs, the AWS reInvent, the largest corporate events in the history of Las Vegas with what, 70, 60,000 attendees. There's a massive scale of types of events where you can get people together one day, half a day, five days. The commonality that we're seeing across is a push to make it active. And by that, we aren't trying to get all those people together, even if it's 20 people at a high-end takeover in a VIP element or in CES, and you're seeing the crazy trade show booths, et cetera, on a conference, say, floor. The number one thing that brands are trying to do, I would say, the more progressive maybe, but where the trend is going is this simple idea of make it active or to the word you used, experiential. 
So what do you mean by that? As an attendee to an event, there are really, every survey you do, it comes down to about three key reasons. You go for content, learning, skill development, peer-to-peer stories, et cetera. You go for networking. One of your other listeners, I may not know each other. We go to an event generated by this podcast. We share a common interest. It filters us. Now we can get to know each other, network, share stories, et cetera. But the third and final reason that most people will tell you they go to an event Free drinks. (laughs) Part of it, yes, is the experience. And you go, and the experience could be anything. It could be the location. It could be the spectacle of South by Southwest, the spectacle of CES, or it could be if a ride on like Google at uh, CES, if you saw it, they basically created like it's a small world, almost amusement park ride sitting there (laughs) as this crazy experiential takeover. So it could be as crazy and weird as those types of pop-ups, the 29 rooms, the ice cream museum. So crazy over the top, Instagrammable moments, or the experience could just be group theater. And that awe of a product launch or the spectacle of some news being broken. And that's the experiential piece. It could range from very lean back passive to very purposeful and active workshops, et cetera. Or it could be as insane as a Six Flags Disney World-like branded entertainment and journey. So... When customers come to Kramer and they come to you and they say, I am interested in the event space, we're trying to expand our marketing mix, we want to meet people in person, we want to shake hands. How do you think about setting the strategy for a brand and what are the differences between focusing on something like local events, the road shows, the VIP events, and then having a larger presence at the mega conferences. Talk to me a little bit about the strategy of event marketing and how do you figure out what's the right fit for your customers? For a number of brands, maybe they've been doing it for years. So in many ways, there's a whole category, maybe during this week, we'll talk about it more, but the category where you already have an event and you're looking to reimagine it, More of what we're seeing today, especially as the world of technology companies, SaaS companies, and the different mid-sized providers are growing and realizing that they need to connect with their customers for retention, uh, their prospects. And they're starting to say, so, all right, we've done all the email campaigns, we've done all the ABMs, we've done all the XYZ strategy du jour. What are we missing? And then the one that they say is, well, we don't get together with our customers in person. And when I was at CES, da, 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 da. so usually the phone rings when there's already a nugget of an idea from a CMO, from a CEO, from even a field manager who's like, I need to do something a bit more formal. And the way that conversation usually goes is, I've been doing these things that I thought were the right way to go first. And they typically usually are webinars, live webcasts, meetups. But if you're a tech company, user groups, you'll grab your user groups who are having pizza and it becomes a game of scale. How do I put all this together? So I either do a repurposeful roadshow, I do a user conference, I do a takeover, but something where I can take these small things I've been doing and go to the next level. The business strategy always comes down to as simple as I have all the other parts of my playbook to some degree running from inside sales to advertising to XYZ. And when the phone rings for a brand who's doing it for the first time, the phone rings because they see this channel as a white space where they see a lot of investment from peers, a lot of interest in the industry, and it's time for them to scale an initiative there. So what I'm hearing about when you talk about the event marketing strategies in general is that really brands should start small. 
test user groups or focus groups or VIP meetups, have in-person meetings that are local and small and validate that the channel works for you before you start thinking about expanding into these larger conferences. And the rationale for the larger conferences is once you've validated that event marketing is a successful channel, once you realize that going and buying your customers drinks has positive ROI at a small scale, really what the goal and what some of the focus is at Kramer is to help them understand how to aggregate those small events or how to basically put on larger events to be able to reach people basically in larger swaths. Right. And I'd say for us, 80, 20, 80% of our work are brands. We're lucky at a midsize company, we're lucky to be able to name drop and name check some amazing global brands with divisions literally around the world. So we're 80% of our work. Again, to be honest, we're very lucky that we've got some amazing relationships and are able to attract some huge brands. So 80% of our work is in taking programs that are already initiated in that one fifth, that 20%. I would say even inside there, it's probably its own 80-20. 80% of the people who call are doing things live, but they're like, it's not working anymore. As the 80% example in that smaller chunk is I'm going to a trade show. I don't want a 20 by 20 booth that I've always done. What can I do different because I need to do something more meaningful X, Y, Z. It could be on the trade show floor. It could be a takeover outside. It could be X, Y, Z. But they're like, I need to do something to make my trade show investment hunt. The last 20% of the 20%, that is usually the phone saying, I need to do something brand new. And to your previous point, dead on. Let's start small. 200 people, give it a focus, 100 people, whatever it is, give it its legs. But the one last thing on starting small is the classic economics of scale, right? A small venue to a large venue, us working with your executive on a keynote for 200 people or 20,000 people, there's not a lot of time difference in your agencies. And in your venues, until you're getting a certain scale, your venue costs are controllable. So some clients are like, screw it, let's start big because there is a base cost to do some types of event programs, quote unquote, right, that at some points it's like, let's go big or go home. And we've had a few phone calls even recently where they're like, I don't want to start small. I want 2,000 people in year one. And you're like, okay, let's get 2,000 people in year one. All right. So I think that there's a lot to chew on in terms of the position and purpose of event marketing. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Brett Turner for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Brett's tips for building an effective event marketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we'll discuss the technology trends in the event marketing space. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Brett, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Brent, R-T, B-E-R-E-N-R-T, or you could visit his company's website, which is Kramer.com, C-R-A-M-E-R.com. A couple of follow-up links in our show notes to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for all of our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. 
Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Brett Turner, SVP of Strategy and Technology at Kramer, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. If you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to the audio players, episode summaries, and contact information for all of our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.